systems initiated. You are listening to the Empire Podcast Network. As an actor, I made a career out of surviving personal and family dramas on daytime television. Now, in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges, just like everybody else. But TV and film could be a nice escape from our own daily struggles. Well, let's face it. Life is not TV and film. Yeah. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Sponsored by Boys Town. My guest this week is an actress, a humanitarian, and a writer. Now, she's tackled Shakespeare on the stage appeared in acclaimed films, and as a familiar face to television audiences as Valerie Spencer on General Hospital, Elena Dawson on The Young and the Restless, and as the reoccurring character Rihanna in the hit Tyler Perry series, The Have and the Have Nots. I was recently married to her. (laughs) On screen, in the new movie we just wrapped, Four for Fun, written and directed by Jason Cook. Now, she's beautiful inside and out. My guest this week is Brittany Sarpy, and you know what time it is. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town. Welcome, Brittany. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we just spent several weeks together working on Jason Cook's new movie, Four for Fun, and I must say, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot of fun working with you. You brought your A-game every time to every scene. I can't wait for everybody to see your, your unique performances that you brought to it. Thank you. Thank you. That was a, that was a fun one. I think um, it was certainly a role that I haven't played before. So it'll be interesting for everyone to see me in a, a different light. Yeah, you were fantastic. Now, just to give a little overview to the audience, our new movie takes place as a dinner party but it's over and over again. And in every scene, something changes that affects how the evening and the characters' lives turn out. Now, are you someone that believes that our destiny is predetermined? Or do you think that we can change and control the course of our lives as we go? I think my answer is yes and no. Um, I think there's an overarching destiny that our soul might have come to this earth to explore. But the way that we get there is kind of, you know happenstance or up to, you know, whatever lefts or rights we make. I, I have to agree. Like nothing's set in stone, right? We can change it on a dime if we need to. Right. Now, just switching gears a little bit. You've been courageous about opening about your struggles with depression, anxiety. You've been coping with these obstacles that so many of us, including myself, have dealt with. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think I, uh, my whole life I've always, you know, balanced, um, trying to stay in, in a normal stasis, uh, between, you know, feeling sometimes depressed and thinking about the past and decisions that I've made, or sometimes anxiety ridden and thinking about the future and decisions I haven't made yet. Um, and kind of finding the tools and learning how to balance that and, uh, learning not to treat it as such a faux pas has been a, a real learning experience for me. It wasn't something that I was brought up 
understanding. It wasn't something that was talked about or open, openly discussed. And so I, I kind of had to develop my own religion per se of, of how to, to self-care and self-love myself and how to take myself out of those stages. And, um, I, you know, I found a lot of, of influential teachers through things that I read and things that I was recommended. And I just kind of created my own understanding of how to come out of the dark spaces yeah. Well, tell us, I mean, is there something specific that you've used that has really helped you, you come through those dark spaces? Yeah. I think just understanding that everything in life is, is um, constantly changing. And that includes our feelings and emotions is, was a big thing for me. Um, knowing that I'm not going to be stuck in one feeling, emotion or space all the time kind of makes you feel like you're not in a perpetual, you know, downward spiral. It, it gives you levity. You know that there's going to be a high and a low. And so with understanding that expectation that it's going to go up and down, it kind of made it easier for me. And then just fine tuning tools that allowed me to handle it and deal with it. I, I, for me, I learned that nature really brings my heart rate down. So going to the beach is a big thing for me. It's probably plastered all over my page every summer, me always at the beach. Um, hiking is a thing for me outside of just exerting physical energy, which is another great way of, of bringing your stressors down, just being around nature, smelling fresh air, seeing trees, touching dirt, touching rocks is therapeutic. And it is for a lot of people. And, you know, being a somewhat city girl, you don't always know that. Um, and kind of had to figure it out. I also read a lot of books that are, in the self-help genre, they're a little more, you know, they touch a little more on like meditation and, and bigger theories, um, I, like the seven spiritual laws of success or um, the four agreements. Like those are books that really kind of etched how I uh, exercise my mind and how I think of things that um, give me fear versus feelings of love and yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Those and first of all, thank you so much for being such an advocate and and talking about depression and anxiety. I mean, I I've, I've been riddled with it my entire life. In fact, even working on a film like what we were doing, um, you know, it's always that you I feel for myself, at least that sort of compromising position where I'm like, okay, I've got this need to make sure that I'm doing not only a good job for me, but for for everybody else. And then you always have that. I always have that feeling of like, well, everybody's sizing me up. They're looking at me. They're watching me. And I was telling Jason Cook, who directed the film that we just worked in, about this. And he's like, well, you known you've had this problem, and yet you decide to choose the hardest career possible. <laughs> we're, we're somewhat. I, I posted about this uh, last week. There's something self masochistic about us as as actors, and that's a level of understanding ourselves as well as knowing that. In some weird way, we like to go to the depths of our, our of our um, boundaries. And yeah, I'm afraid of these things, but also, all right, look at me. Let's do it. <laughs> right. You got to let it hang out. Right. Yeah. You just got to just go for it. It's, it's pushing past. It's um, learning to evolve. Yeah, well, because otherwise we're just going to be spinning tires and stuck in that same depression, that same rut of anxiety. Um. Yeah. So, so for, you know, I, I love, I love the fact that you just, you just keep coming out with, uh, it, it, you have your stance on it. You have your, you know, you, you know, your meditation, which 
is interesting because it's a lot like mine. I love being out in nature. I love going on walks. I love going on hikes. It's that time that I de- I can decompress. What, 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 how did you find that? Um, and when did you realize it? I think more importantly. I think I was 22 and uh, the person I was dating was really heavily into Deepak. And he was also into um, Ask and It Is Given by um, Esther and Jerry Hicks, which is just, they're just books that look at life on, on a different spin. And how I like to think of it is they, they're very love versus fear based. And a lot of what this country um, I can't really speak for other countries, but a lot of what we're we're built upon is is um, this idea that uh, we start with fear. Like we, we do a lot of fear based movement. We um, act out of fear as opposed to acting out of love. And love is such an abundant energy. And it's just a. I mean, if you're gonna act, pick one or the other, what are you gonna pick every time? It's love. So it's learning to inherently do that instead of you know what our environments have taught us. What are some ways that we could learn to inherently love? Just understanding that. I think a big thing for me was understanding that everyone is in their own little bubble and in their own world and no one's here to attack you. Just not taking anything personally. Um, I think a lot of our fear-based thinking comes from like, what other, like you were saying, what other people think of us and, you know, this person cut me off on the freeway, like, you know, things like that, things that we feel like people are doing to us, life is happening at us. But most times they're just talking on the phone with their, you know, wife or spouse or whatever, and not paying attention and cut you off because they missed an exit. It has nothing to do with you or someone, you know, I just learning to understand that it is all on you and you create your environment and anything that's coming is really just someone else in their own bubble that happens to conflict with yours and unpersonalizing it makes it a lot easier. I talk about a lot about this on the podcast frequently about it and you not knowing where somebody else is coming from, not knowing what they're into. I mean, whether you're going to the grocery store and someone is you know giving you daggers and you, it might even be directed at you. Or just somebody cutting you off on the road, how to cope with those things and not take them personally, because who knows where they've been. And we are, I guess we're so glutton for punishment as a society so many times that we look at those situations as, well, they're offending me. They're they're hurting my feelings. How dare you? Um, the, The bigger thing there is, you know, taking ourselves out of I. And if you have a an, an, a we person a we stance in life, and you see that we're like this bigger whole, and it's not personalized, and it's not all about you, 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 or me, 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 then and we start to look at the world as a bigger whole, it just really helps in understanding that you know what I've had a day where I cut someone off, they must be going through something, and then you go about it, you know, you go about your day, and you let it go, and you're not taking other people's energy on, right. Because we know how that can turn out. It's, it's a horrible scenario. There's been lots of people that get out of their cars and do nasty things to people or, or whatever, just engaging in that problem. Yeah. You know, detaching yourself is always the stronger stance. And, and so many people, I wish they would just start absorbing and go, that's their problem, not mine. I'm just yeah, going to go ahead and I- take two car paces back and just <laughs> let, and let them have their way. 
it would help if it were a part of our education, you know, if, if, you know, mental health and how to cope with things and how to, you know, choose love versus fear when you go throughout your day, you know, from age, I don't know, one up would be so helpful for us, but there's so much unlearning we have to do because it's not how things are structured. No, unfortunately it's not that way, but that's why we're here to help instruct people on this podcast and help them to find a way to deal with those emotions and and not get caught up in, you know, everyday moments that affect people in such a negative way. Now we talked a little bit about, um, you know, on your website, Brittany.com, your bio describes you as a self-love advocate, which you just talked a little bit about. What does that mean to you? It's everything. I mean, self-love advocate is me advocating for everyone advocating for themselves. (laughs) 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 I just believe that if you approach anything with love, um, then there's, there's no losing. You're going to be the happiest you can be. You're going to have the best outcome you can have. You have the best energy going in and out of something. There's just, there's no losing. There's all the cups always half. It's probably three fourths full. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was I actually, you know, I might've taken some of this off your bio, but you had some great stuff on there in your website. Some people look at the glass half full. Yeah. Some see the, the same glass is half empty. And it's the same glass, the same glass. And how do you look at it? You're saying three quarters full. Yeah. Why not? I mean, your life is literally what you make it. It's, the same way that we act and we take on these roles and we do these, you know, slices of life for two hours. It's the same thing. Your life is, is this beautiful perception of your own reality. It's, it's what you make it. So why not make it good? I mean, sure. You can make it stressful if you want, but find the place in you that is this deeper place that wants it to be fun and wants it to be happy. And if we can all get to that place man, the world would be an amazing place. Yeah. Not that it already isn't. Yeah, it already is. You just got to see outside of the, some things that are surrounding us right now, the negative energy, the negative things that are happening. How important is self-confidence been in achieving success in your career? Very important. Um, I would attribute my self-confidence to my father. Um, I was very, a very shy kid. Um, even now I'm pretty shy. I'm not really the person who will come up and hi, I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you. I'm, you know, very to myself, but once you talk to me, I'm, um, but it's, it's so important to, to have the initiative to connect with people. And that's self-confidence is, is being confident enough in yourself that you can go and engage someone else. And I think we're on this earth to connect with others. So the most successful thing we can do is know how to do that, you know? Well, I would, I would say so, especially in the career that you chose, just like the career I chose, you definitely have to be able to be confident. Yeah. Right. You're going up against hundreds of thousands of people, maybe more, who knows? Like some, some roles. I mean, I, I've, I've put stuff out there as far as a producer, some breakdowns, and I just can't believe how many thousands of submissions are done within five minutes sometimes. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. Cool. But we also chose an insane career because yeah. we have that confidence to do that. Do you believe you can? Now, 
we've both been residents of Port Charles. <laughs> yeah, Port Chuck. Are there any fond memories? Oh, lots. Um, some of my closest friends are still, are, you know, alumni are still there. Um, it's, those walls are special. And I think one of my funniest memories was my first week I was with Tony Geary and he plays my uncle. Um, I'm the newest Spencer at this point. And I didn't realize that with Tony, pages are meaningless. Tony just, you know, he'll <laughs> get once and then the scene is what he says. And so we were learning combat because he ends up um, uh, kidnapping me, adult napping me. Um, yeah, probably and- a little both. Kid, you, you weren't that old at that time. How old were you? I was what twenty seven, maybe. All right. Well, you still look like a kid. Shoot, if we could all be so lucky. <laughs> but we uh, we we ran the scene at rehearsal, and I realized, oh, those aren't the words. And, but I kept with him because my my background's theater. So you know, in theater, if someone forgets their line or anything, there's no cut. <laughs> it's you just go with it. So it was a great practice in listening. And it was after that scene, he goes, you have a theater background. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, I certainly do. And that was like a really special moment for me. Well, that's, that's amazing. You got to work with the great uh, yeah. Tony Geary. I, I, you know, I played his son and we, I think we talked about that. We would have been yeah, we cousins. cousins. So we w- really couldn't have been married in this re- you know, most recent film. Well, <laughs> oh, I guess if we're not pretending, but no, but, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I had so many great memories with Tony as well. And, and I'm so glad you got to work with him in that capacity. Uh, I know, you know, I don't know, you know, they never say never, but I think he's completely retired. I don't think he's coming back, but, um, but I've, uh, Amsterdam living it up. Hey, you know, why not? Right. You can't, you can't blame somebody for living their dream. And he's been, <laughs> he was doing that long ago and. I think he had visions of that before he ever retired and wanted to be there. So, but that, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Now, currently daytime fans can see you on the young and the restless, right? That's true. Any interesting stories coming up for you that you can hit that? Now I know how this works. You know, we, you know, you can't give too much away, but is there anything that's kind of happening that you might be able to just uh, spicing it up a little bit for our fans that are listening? Yes, there's, um, when does this air or when do you probably this Wednesday? <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Um, I will say this, there is a possibility for a career advancement for, um, uh, my character coming up. Elena might have an opportunity that she could explore with, um, with the career advancement. Great. We love that. So (laughs) Elena's got a career advancement happening. Potentially. Maybe I can be (laughs) maybe happening might not be happening, but there's a potential for it. There's potential for it. Nice. Nice. Tell us a little bit about uh, working with Tyler Perry and and his, his productions. Well, I mean, as you know, working soaps, you're doing like some of the toughest, quickest work in the business. Um, working with Tyler Perry is twice as hard. <laughs> is it? 
<laughs> yeah. He where like at I think at GH we would do like I I want to say average like uh maybe 50 or 60 items, which is scenes uh per day. Um and then at Young the Rest it's a little slower. I think about they do about 40 something items. Um but over at Tyler's camp, they do about 90 to like 120 a day. Ooh. And he, mind you, writes every episode he produces. And then he also directs every scene in every episode. So working with him is, is in, an incredible attestment to being a Virgo. He's a Virgo like me. Is he? Like, like us. <laughs> like us. So yeah. And his work ethic is just incredible like he basically gets carted to you know every different set and then he as he's being carted over he reads what's going on and what he's about to shoot and then he's just all day going at it he's he's a machine he's a machine i mean you know i've I've got another friend who's on another one of his shows and i mean and from everything i've heard other than like you know doing so much content which is amazing that you can you can produce that much content and smoothly Mm-hmm. Um, because we know that's always the thing. It's you know, it's uh, when you have a budget, you're trying to stay to the budget. You're trying to get as much content that's possible. But yeah. but said he treats his employees so wonderfully. Oh my gosh, yes. And I've never been on such a a diverse set. And I don't mean in front of the screen. I mean behind. And it was something for me that I didn't know that I even cared about. I I'm kind of used to being you know one of the only uh, minorities on a set. Um, it doesn't really affect me. It's, it's just how I've been brought up in the industry, but going on one of his sets, just in the makeup and hair chairs and, you know, everyone who's working lighting and, you know, everyone behind the scenes is like, there's so much diversity. It was, it was like a little shocking and kind of brought tears to my eyes to see so many people. I mean, I'm a lot of different ethnicity. So, so many of my brothers and sisters working in this industry and it actually means something to me. So also shout out to him for not only treating everyone so well, but also including everyone. Yeah. Inclusion for sure. I mean, he's uh he's an amazing testament to this industry. You know, he, you know, he has one of the largest studios in, in the United States down in like Atlanta in, in one of the multicultural cities. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, as far as, you know, major cities in America go, um, Atlanta is, it has always been in the, 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 you know, the front foremost of that. And, and for him to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and build this studio down here outside of Hollywood, yeah, outside of New York, outside of everywhere that they've known to be doing productions and, and just smash it, just kill it. I mean, he's absolutely, he, he didn't, you know, there's. There's so much nepotism in our industry that he didn't come from a family of, of, you know, entertainers. He, he didn't even come from a lot of money. He did a lot from nothing. And it's, it's really inspiring for anyone who has dreams and thinks that, you know, their circumstances would stand in their way. Yeah. He's a testament to it. I, I, I know this only by secondhand from friends who have worked on his shows. And of course Mm -hmm. you, Brittany. So thank you for sharing that as well. And um, I think it's amazing what he's created down there in Atlanta. And hopefully I can maybe like pop in on an episode or two of something, but, but, but it's in the final episodes right now of the haven't had have nots, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's finished. It's in the can. So the last episode is tomorrow actually of the entire show. Wow. And I think I shot that in mm, 
2000, it was either 17 or 18. I think it was 2018, um, which is interesting. Wow. So, was that because, well, okay, that was a while ago. Now that doesn't add up to necessarily COVID-19. So no. he just shoots so that much happened, in a can? What happened was, is we shot that season, which I believe was supposed to be the last season that, that aired, the season before the one that's airing now. And they didn't, maybe they didn't know at the time it was going to be the last season. So what they ended up doing was what they had in 2018, they wanted to expand on and put in the middle. So let me explain more. So wherever the show ended up, this was going to be the tail end of it. And then they ended up expanding and putting something in between that. So I shot again in 2019 and then that's already aired. Does that make sense? So Uh, we kind of went in time and kind of developed some characters and um, relationships and then left the end as it were. So we left the last season as the last season. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel it. You know, yeah. Sometimes you have to take, take a step back and actually reevaluate, make sure you have everything you want in the story. And then, but you were shooting so much content, right? You were ahead of schedule. Uh, Yeah. 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 Come here. So that is my guard dog. It sounds like a fierce guard dog. (laughs) All 16 pounds of it. (laughs) If you could take a trip in the Jacob Young time machine, what advice would you give your 15 year old self? My 15 year old self. Just to always choose love over fear. Can you explain a little bit? Yeah, I've just spent so many years. I've wasted so many years, which I guess it's not a waste because it's all a learning experience. But being afraid, being afraid of life, being afraid of death, (laughs) being afraid of um, being too much of myself, being afraid of being too open, being afraid of what would happen if I don't succeed, being afraid of what people think of me, being afraid of everything you could be afraid of. Um, anything that I was afraid of led to my anxieties and my depression and slowed down my pace. And if I had just led with fear and just kind of floated on by and let, you know, the world, uh, guide me, I think things would have been a little easier, but good advice. Effective. <laughs> so my sponsor boys town, their motto that they've adapted, they're saying is he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Meaning in our lives, we've all been carried by somebody at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Who carried you? Um, everyone's carried me. You know, everyone that I've come into contact with has certainly helped shape me into the person that I am. I'm appreciative of all of my connections. And I kind of got to this point where I started to understand the bigger picture of, of our connections and why we interact with certain people for, you know, sometimes a chapter, sometimes a, a volume in your life and sometimes forever. Um, but everyone contributes to the bigger story. I think that's the, the key to understanding your own life and the makeup of all of these interactions and um, inserts and uh, of different energies into your life. So allow everybody to help as you help them. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone adds color. I mean, cause you can never, you can never experience everyone's experiences. Right. So a big part of our life is learning from other people's experiences just to have a more well-rounded understanding of life. Yeah. So important. 
I know every day I learn something. <laughs> and, you know, at 42 years old, I go, I don't know if I can learn anything else. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> but, but you do. You do. Eventually, you come to the day and you go, man, that's amazing. Brittany, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. We'll be seeing a lot more of each other when the, we start prom promoting, of course, for, for fun. Yeah. Audiences are really going to be in for a treat with this mind bending experience when they see Jason Cook's new movie. And in the meantime, everybody listening and myself will be watching Young and the Restless. You've had Thank such you. a great career so far, and it's only the beginning for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Brittany. You're welcome. Real Conversations is proud to announce our partnership with Lane Frost Brand. We'll be doing a monthly giveaway of a different item each and every month. So be sure to enter. All you have to do is follow at Real Conversations with Jacob on Instagram, tag two friends, and be sure to download the latest episode of my podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing merchandise for the whole family at lanefrost.com. I'd now like to bring my friend and the manager of the Boys Town National Hotline, our resident professional, Chris Hallstrom. How are you? How are you doing, Jacob? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. You know, Brittany Sarpy, great interview, great human. I, you know, she's obviously gone through her ups and downs and she was very open to discussing that, which was, it's always so nice. Um, we, you know, when we have anybody who's in the spotlight, like she is, that are opening themselves up to the public and saying, Hey, yeah, look, I deal with depression. I deal with, with anxiety. And I loved listening to her because she was so um, intuitive. Um, like she really had a handle on her feelings, thoughts. Um, so yeah, she was, she was a, a real pleasure to listen to. She has a better handle on her feelings than I do. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't have was... a very good handle on my feelings. <laughs> Well, what's funny is she was, as she was talking about things, um, I kind of tend to be a visual person. So like I was going right to, oh, that would be a good tip to put on our team website, your life, your voice. Like, oh, that, oh, I can see how we can. So she was very insightful and kind of gave me some ideas of things that we could do to help kids too. I bet she'd be more than happy to even put something together, a little video for, for kids oh, to access too. too. Some little, yep. maybe we can put something on the site. There you go. Well, what were some of the takeaways that you gathered from this interview with Brittany? Because she was so one insightful. Of the things, yeah. One of the things I really appreciated is her talking about how there are ups and downs in life and having to learn that just because you're down now doesn't mean that you're always going to stay down. Um, and I think visually, I kind of went to a um, teeter totter that kids ride, you know, yeah, like yeah. sometimes you're down here when you're the heavy one, <laughs> sometimes you're up top up there and stuck. One. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, I kind of went visual with it because she talked about how, you know, feelings and emotions change all the time. Um, but we just have to learn that that's the way it is. And sometimes you're going to be on a nice, even keel and other times you're not, but that's okay. That's what life is. Um, reality. You're not always going to be always up at the top. So um, I just, I, my mind went visual on that. And I thought that was a really good, um, really good thought for her to express. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, she's, you know, when you say she's in tune to, I, I, she really is. I, I mean, she's comes across as someone who's probably meditates. Um, I know that she, she's, you know, she, because of the struggles that she had 
has overcome and is still dealing with today that she's found all these ways of coping. Um, tell me some of those takeaways that you thought of. Well, for one thing, you can tell she educates herself. She was able to talk about books and references of things that have kind of helped her process. Uh, but I also appreciated just her immediately. She could tell you that being in nature and walking, how that helped her. And as she was describing, touching the dirt and looking and seeing, it was such a, a good example of somebody that knows what it is that takes to get them grounded and centered. Um, and, you know, we all have to find that everybody's, everybody has different ways to cope and for different things. Like you may have five different ways to cope because you do different things for each feeling that you have. So um, I just thought that that was, you could tell right away that she knew um, that that was the one thing that really always helped her. Yeah. 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 And I see a common path with so many people that I've talked to that they find the outdoor spaces a really mm -hmm. wonderful way of coping. Yeah. And I think you and I have talked about that too, especially when you're feeling down, just go outside for 15 minutes. <laughs> I remember my mother telling me to do that sometimes when I was probably driving her crazy. Why don't you just go play outside for a while? But truly, like the sunshine and the fresh air uh, and just being in nature does help you feel. Better. It changes your whole perspective. It really does. You just it have really to give does. yourself the chance to do it. it right. you know, and, and it seems like sometimes an impossible mission, just walking to the door. Right. <laughs> opening it up and allowing yeah. yourself to go outside. Exactly. And, you know, there are people that it's, it's hard for them depending on where they live or whatever, to go outside and really feel um, the nature around them. I think she even mentioned that she was a city girl. So, you know, yeah, try it sometime. Go to a park, whatever it takes just to get out and be around. Go take a so, walk if you can around a block, yeah. a yeah. city block. I don't care. I've done it all. Right. You know, right. the city blocks are exciting too. You never yeah. know. I remember. Yeah, you I, never know what you're going to see. There. I remember <laughs> I was, I, I was, give, yeah, I had only been in New York City probably for, a hot second. I don't even know how long it was. And I met this guy who, um, you know, he had a, a very well-established business, but he was down in Brooklyn and, you know, he was in an up and coming area of Brooklyn, which, you know, Brooklyn, you know, there, there's, there's, there's really nice areas, of course, lots of cool restaurants. Everybody's talking about living down in Brooklyn, but there's also parts of Brooklyn, New York that are like, you know, you'll see burned out cars on a regular basis on every corner and like police or what we, nobody's towing them away. Nobody's doing anything about it. So he was like, well, go down to the grocery store, the, the, the bodega, they call them in New York, the little grocery, the corner market and go get this, that, the other thing and come back. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to walk in this neighborhood. He's like, do it. You'll learn a lot. And I did. And I might have learned a little too much. I actually might have, if I, if I wasn't as savvy, I think there's a guy that was actually trying to like, maybe, you know, go ahead and pickpocket me or something was right. happening. <laughs> he was following me, but I definitely learned a lot. And, and I guess, I guess that's, I mean, it kind of gets you out of your head. Though, it gets you out of your head. You're get, just experiencing the world, get around the block, go yeah, try exactly. something, go walk out of nature. You might yep. be surprised, but be aware right. of your surroundings. Always yeah. take that into just be careful. Yeah. But um, I also yeah. loved her whole um, message about choosing love over fear, just in the way you approach things, in your outlook in life, the way you deal with other people. Somehow, the way she said it just um, 
I think she actually referred to that in our country, a lot of times we respond out of fear. And if you are somebody that watches the news, listens to the news, really is kind of like, wow, yeah, that kind of sometimes is our mindset. Maybe we need to see more happy things on TV because a lot of messages that we get every single day are related to fear and how we kind of turn that then on ourselves too with um, it creates anxiety, it uh. creates anger, because um, you're afraid of what other people think, you're afraid of what other people are going to do, what other people are going to say. It's the worst. Um, yeah, I just think that that whole fear really does kind of make us look at things very differently. Well, then create the anxiety, anger. The, um, the news does that. I mean, you know, you yeah. re- reading the news. You know, it's funny. You know, when there's a happy story, I always look at Kristen and, and I go. It must be a slow news day. I know. Isn't that terrible? I know, because you're expecting yeah. some terrible headline every day. Yeah. And then, exactly. and then you're riddled with anxiety and like worried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's but the I worst. I just loved her approach, the way she said that. It was, you know, really to, to focus more, do your actions in love. Um, don't take things personally. Really, it really was very good. I kind of... It was almost like it reminded me of when people talk about choosing hope over fear. Because I think sometimes, you know, we, we get all this anxiety. You know what? Let's be hopeful that things can be better. And let's hope that that person, you know, um, let's have the best intentions about that person rather than thinking the worst of them. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just really appreciated her outlook. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. No, she she's a special one. I said it on a Twitter post. I said the force is strong with this one. and it is. She, she's yes. really strong. I was very lucky to work with her. She's had a, a really excellent career and so happy that she's been able to find a path that is working for her. Right. And it sounds like she's got a lot of different experiences, too. So, yeah. And I, I love to hear that people when people are talking about working with um, Tony Geary, like General Hospital. Big fan of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I was telling Jason Cook, who also was on General Hospital, who we were directing and producing Mm -hmm. this film together, that, you know, I said, I've been riddled with anxiety forever. And he goes, yeah, and and you do that, and then you go ahead and act. Great job. Right. (laughs) But you know what? Anxiety is a great, can be a great motivator. I think sometimes we we just think about it being so negative, but it, it can be a motivator to get you to do things and to really try and do things well, because you don't want to fail. So sometimes you just have to flip that around. Yeah, no, it get, it yeah. definitely gets the like receptors in your brain going. I know yes, that much. And the adrenaline going. And, heart yeah, pumping. Sure yeah. Does. Yep. Yep. Well, awesome. I, I just want to say thank you, Chris, as always. Uh, And that's about all the time that we have for today. Real Conversations with Jacob Young, the mental health podcast, is sponsored by Boys Town. And at Boys Town, their slogan is, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And for over 100 years, Boys Town has been saving children, healing families. They're only one call away. They're always there to help. Please go to boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boys Town's health services or simply go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. If you're in immediate crisis, you need help, Please, please call the trained counselors at the Boys Town National Hotline at 800-448-3000 or text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, love yourself love each other. <laughs>